Amen. I'm just going to sing my sermon now. Um, dead on. Um, if you have a Bible, can you turn to Genesis <clears throat> chapter 5, please? Genesis chapter 5. Um, I'm going to go through, I'm going to read a verse from, um, first of all, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, and verse 5 is going to come up on the screen. But Hebrews chapter 11 is this passage that we know that's usually called the great hall of faith or, or the, this great heroes of the faith. And <clears throat> you're never too late to do something for the kingdom of God. No matter what age you are, you're never too late. It is never too late to do something for the kingdom of God. But we have this guy, Enoch. And we see that he, really his life there wasn't anything massive, like there wasn't incredible miracles that happened in his life. We don't see or hear about, the Bible doesn't tell us about anything miraculous that went on in his life, but it says that God took him. God took him. And, and we hear a bit, about, a bit about Malcolm's story. Maybe you've been in church and you saw Malcolm. And, and Malcolm, as he said, he's not someone who stands at the front. He's not, going to, he's not the one who is at the front and, and in the center of everything. He comes faithfully. And he serves in church. He comes along. And many of you won't know Malcolm's story, but Malcolm, part of it as well is, I think it was right, Malcolm, you helped start and initiate the BB in this church. Is that correct? And so Malcolm has played a part in many people's boys, um, played a part in their lives in coming through church. And we even hear about, about Campbell and about Derek and their, their influence on Malcolm's life. And so I want to look at this idea of actually about this th- thought and this principle of consistency. And the consistency is such an important aspect of our lives. We see Malcolm as someone who has, he says he comes to church twice on a Sunday, consistently coming out. And how consistency is something that we should strive for. Consistency is something that we should be hungry for. Consistency, I'm going to make a shocking word, is sexy. In church, he said it. I'm going to say consistency is sexy and we need to be striving after. It's an attractive feature that we should have in our life. It's something that as followers of Jesus, we should be striving for. But see, for me, I am the one worst person to go shopping with. Kelsey will probably say amen to that. Because for me, I always want something new. Um, Anytime I go out shopping, something that I see is always better than what I already have. I I buy a pair of shoes and then I go out and see another pair and I'm like, I want them. We have just sort of, Kelsey and I are just married just over six months and so we have just done our house up and we've been um, furnishing and things and then the worst thing that we can do is go to Ikea because you just go into Ikea and you're just like, why do they always seem to make houses better than the one I live in? And so you just want to go and have everything. And the reality is, everything you have in your house is real, it's fine, it's not broken, it works, it looks good, but you just go out and you're like, I want that one, like it, it works better. And I am the worst for this because I just always want the best thing. I wanted this, uh, I like making coffee. And so I saw this kettle, which I wanted. Um, and it's a 90 pound kettle. Some of you are probably having a hernia right there. And honestly, it does nothing other than, it does anything like a wee cheap kettle can do, except you can change the temperature of it. And Kelsey's like, Davey, honestly, we've got a kettle. And I'm like, but this is cool. Like, <laughs> Can we not get this one? She's like, no, it's 90 pound. I'm like, but it has buttons. <laughs> and I'm always just wanting the newer thing. I always want something that changes. I want something. I'm always wanting the up-to-date stuff. 
And sometimes in life we can be like that with our own lives. We can look at what other people have. We can look at other gifts and talents that other people have. And we can be jealous of what they have. And in the church, as a follower of Jesus, that can be a thing where we look at other people and think, they're more talented than me. They're better than me. They have something that I don't have. And we've read about this guy called Enoch. And it says that God took him. He didn't die. God took him before. And there's one other person in the Bible that God does that with. One other person never experienced death. And it's this guy called Elijah. Two people in the Bible, two men, didn't experience death. God took them. Enoch and Elijah. And if you're familiar with the Bible or anything, you'll know that this guy, Elijah, maybe you're not even familiar with church, but you know Elijah is something, it's a very biblical name. And some of the things that happened in Elijah's life, you can look at it and you'd be like, do you know what? That guy deserved to not die. That guy deserved to be taken. Why? Well, because the story of Elijah is he goes to this widow's house. This widow and her son are about to have their final meal, one last meal before they die. And she has a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour to make piece of bread and then that's her and her son they're going to die and Elijah then prays over this commands what God's going to do and they never ever run out of oil or flour they don't ever run out of it because Elijah hears what God says prays over this and they don't run out of it later on in the same story this son this widow's son dies what does Elijah do he prays over him and raises this boy from the dead So he's already seen a miraculous provision of God in the oil and the the flour. He has prayed over a boy who is dead and has brought him back to life. The story gets even better. Later on, he goes and he takes on 450 prophets of Baal. This This other God who's coming against the God that we serve and the God that Elijah serves. And he comes up against him and he says to God, God, I want you to send fire from heaven down to this wooden altar. Now, the wooden altar is soaked several times in water, which make you think, well, that's quite difficult to soak, to burn that and put it up in flames. But he calls down fire from heaven, and God sends fire from heaven and proves that he is God. The story goes in even better. They should make us into a film. Because then Elijah takes the 450 prophets of Baal and kills them. You're like, what's going on? But they're opposing God, so it's all right. No, that's not okay, actually. We can't, we can't kill people who oppose God. But in this story, he goes and he kills 450 prophets of Baal. What else does he do? There's another time where he, he summons that there would be a drought in the land. God tells Elijah, pray that there will be a drought in the land. He does it, and for three years or so, no rain falls. And then God tells him, pray that rain will fall. So Elijah does, and rain comes. And so these are just a few stories to tell you. This guy is the business-like he is the, the real deal. And so if anyone is going to, if God is going to come down and take anyone from earth and not allow them to die, well, this is the kind of guy. He saw some incredible things. And then we have this guy, Enoch. And um, what does he do? Well, the Bible tells us he walked faithfully with God and had a couple of kids. He walked faithfully with God and had a couple of wee bambinos. And, that, and then God thought, you know what, that's enough, well, He's good enough. See, to me, that doesn't make sense. To me, in my life, I'm looking for the Elijah lifestyle. I'm looking for the miraculous lifestyle. I'm looking for the the God sending fire down. I'm looking for the amazing, miraculous life. And that's okay for us to strive for that. But here's the thing. I feel oftentimes we strive for the miraculous at the expense of the mundane. We strive 
for the miraculous at the expense of the mundane. We strive so much for the Elijah, the lifestyle of the miraculous and seeing the crowds, things that we miss the mundane. We miss the, the faithful living that Elijah, that Enoch, sorry, went through. And it tells us in, in this passage in, in Genesis chapter 5, it tells us that Elijah, or Enoch, sorry, when he was 65, he gave, he had, him and his wife had the, the son Methuselah. And then they lived for, he walked faithfully with God for 300 years. And then it tells us this wee bit that he had other sons and daughters. Why does it tell us that? Why do we need to know that he has other kids? What's the point in that? Because I think in here, if you're a parent in here, a grandparent, then you need to realize this. There is importance in your life that you've had children. There is, a, there is significance that you could influence your children. You could influence the people in your life. If you're in here and you don't have kids, I want you to take note from this. You can still influence the people that you come in contact with. It tells us that Enoch had kids because it wants us to show that this man had influence on the people around him. Enoch was someone who, of faith and he pleased God. Some of you think your life has been wasted because you've had kids and you can't really think what else you've really done for God. But I want to say that your life, you use, sometimes when you have kids, that could be the thing that God wants to use you to influence. Genesis 5.22, it says, Enoch walked faithfully with God. In the whole of the narrative of scripture, it mentions one other time that someone walked faithfully with God. And it's in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. And it says, Noah walked faithfully with God. So we have Enoch walked faithfully with God. We have Noah walked faithfully with God. Now, if you know anything of the genealogy in the Bible here, you know that Enoch has a son called Methuselah. Methuselah has a son called Lamech. Lamech has a son called Noah. And so we have this story of this man, Enoch, walking faithfully with God. And it passes through, the influence passes on to Methuselah, which passes on to Lamech, which passes on to Noah. That Enoch's faithfulness and consistency of walking after God passed on through the generations to Noah. I am convinced that it was because of his faithfulness and consistency to walk faithfully with God that passed on to we see Noah in Genesis 6 verse 9 says, he was a man who walked faithfully with God. And do you know what's amazing? Around the world globally and throughout history, people know of a guy called Noah and we know his story, but he is someone who walked faithfully with God. Church tonight in here, what if your purpose was to influence world changers? What if your purpose was maybe like Enoch? It wasn't necessarily to be in the limelight. It wasn't necessarily to be a world changer yourself. But what if your purpose was to influence a world changer? Malcolm probably has no idea the guys that he has impacted in BB. You probably have no idea the people that you could be impacting. You could be influencing some of those kids if, if you're in part of the Arrows or, or Little Arrows, Greater, BB, GB, Link, Mums and Tots. You have no idea what world changers could be there. You have no idea what world changers could be sitting in this congregation right now. And you could be an influencer of a world changer. Do you know what? I'm sure Enoch th thinks, do you know what? I, I don't care that my story in the Bible is I walk faithfully with God. I don't care that it just says I walk faithfully. I'm in there and we're not, so he's better than us. 
But I, I wonder if he says, Do you know, I don't care. I got to play a part that Noah was a man who walked faithfully with God and was a world changer. What if you were to influence world changers by your faithfulness and consistency? I'm going to do a shout out to my mum tonight. She's going to cringe right now. But mum, I want to thank you. My mum is someone, many of you might know my mum, Ruth Hume. She, she comes into church and, and my mum will know she's, she's, if you give her a mic and told her to come in front of the stage, she'd probably just pass out. She would never want to be at the front here. She has been coming consistently to our church on and off, yes, but the past year I've got to see a change in my mum to get involved in church as much as she can. And many as will know my mum, she's the nice one, she'll smile, she'll say hello, she'll maybe sit by herself. And maybe a lot of you don't know my mum really well. But I want to thank my mum who has consistently followed Jesus, who has faithfully followed Jesus, who maybe at times in her life she thought, I'm not doing enough for God, I'm not doing enough, I'm not giving enough of my time. And, and yes, that has been the story maybe for my mum at times, but my mum has consistently and faithfully followed Jesus over her life. She comes in to this place and goes back out of this place with struggles at home, with struggles in her life, with things that she struggles with. But for me, I hope one day I can be a world changer. And mum, I want to thank you for you being an influence in my life who consistently cheered me on, who consistently supported me. And there is people in our lives who we could look back and be like, I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for their consistency and their faithfulness. And mum, I want to thank you for your consistency and your example to influence me, what it means to follow Jesus. Walked faithfully with God. It says that Enoch walked faithfully. The Greek translation walked faithfully means pleased God. So when we read Enoch walked faithfully with God, it means Enoch pleased God. When we read that Noah walked faithfully with God, it means that Noah pleased God. And I want to look at this. I want to make two wee points here about this idea of walking faithfully with God. I'm going to ask Chippo to come and be my um, beautiful assistant or assistant. Yeah. So Chippo, this is the one time you get to be God in something. So... Just no pressure, just the one time. Walking faithfully, I want to make this point, with God. Walking faithfully with God. So in this, this representation, this analogy, Chip was going to represent God, and we, I'm going to represent us. And so if you've had kids or, or you have um, nieces or nephews and you take them out for a walk, do you know what most will please most of us? When they actually walk beside you when they want to hold your hand, when they, you're walking down the street and you turn around and they're just beside you or they're following your steps. But as followers of Jesus, I love that phrase. I use it all the time, followers of Jesus. Christian, yes, we are, but I love the phrase followers of Jesus. Why? Because it's a consistent thing that we're following someone. But if I'm going to walk faithfully with God, then when God starts to walk, I have to follow. I have to, keep going, I have to walk with him. Stop there. You see, I can't be a follower of Jesus. I can't walk faithfully with God without movement. When I am following God, I am watching where he's going. When God takes a step, I take a step. When God turns, I turn. When God stops, I stop. When God moves, I move. We, if you want to walk faithfully with God, you have to walk. You have to move. It requires movement. I'm going to keep you there because I need to use you in a wee minute again. But walking with God requires consistency. It requires us consistently. When God walks, we walk. When he steps, I step. Step, 
after step, after step. You can sit down two seconds. But it requires consistency. But sometimes, as I said back at the start, consistency isn't something we like. You know, the kettle in my house consistently works, but I don't like it because I don't think consistency is success for me. If you're, if you're a single person in here and you were looking for someone, consistency wouldn't be the top attribute you would be looking for. Do you know what? I just want a consistent person. Like, no one asks that. Like, no one asks, I just want consistency. But I believe that consistency leads to success. You only need to know that if anyone has tried to diet or eat healthy or exercise, it's the consistency that leads to success, doesn't it? It's the consistently not eating the Mars bar. It's the consistently eating the, the porridge or the, the, the eggs or whatever you need. It's the consistency of that that leads to the success. It's the consistency in your marriage that leads to con- success. Continually being consistent. You know, I'm consistently going to love them. I'm consistently going to support them. I'm going to submit. I'm going to cherish them. It's the consistency that leads to success. It's consistency in your job that leads to success. Consistently being showing up in time. Consistently giving my all. Consistency leads to success. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He is the same. He is consistent yesterday, today, and forever. Is anyone in here glad that Jesus doesn't change? Is anyone in here glad that Jesus stays the same yesterday, today, and forever? I'm so glad that Jesus' love for me doesn't change. Because see, if it did, I would be doomed. We would be snookered. But he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can't walk faithfully with God if you aren't walking. Walking with God requires you to move, requires you to do something, requires you to watch where he's going and follow him. The second one is walking faithfully with God. I need you to come here again. You can't walk faithfully with God without faith. You can't walk faithfully with God without faith. And so sometimes walking faithfully with God means that God will take you places you've never been. So I want you to walk up the steps. So these steps are just going to represent Maybe in your life a mountain you have to climb. Maybe a difficult season in your life. Maybe something that seems an uphill battle and an uphill struggle. Sometimes God walks up things, some difficult mountains. And what do we have to do? We have to be faithful. We have to climb that. And sometimes climbing can be difficult. Sometimes climbing mountains can be tough. A side note about this. Do you know who God's not like? Do you ever see some of those parents? If you're in here and you do this, I'm sorry. I won't name and shame you. But God is not one of those parents that who says to their kids, come on, and then they just walk on, and the kid falls or not, they're back there, and the parent walks away. God's not like that. God takes a step ahead, and he says, follow me, and if you don't, he will wait on you, and he will wait on you, and he will wait on you. And some of you are at that point where God is waiting you to take the next step, and some of it, it might be an uphill step. It might be an uphill struggle. God might take you across some places, and this game, we're on a stage, and this is going to represent, God might take you to be in front of people, to speak to people. It might be a step of faith to talk to someone in your class, to talk to someone in your workplace, to talk to someone next door. It might be a step of faith to step out and be like what Malcolm done to that guy in the, in, uh, the Dundal nurseries where he took a step of faith to speak to someone about Jesus. Sometimes God might need you to take a faithful step. You cannot walk faithfully with God without faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says it is impossible to please God 
Thank you. It is possible to please God without faith. But then how do we do this? How do we consistently follow Jesus? How do we consistently be faithful? How do we have this faithfulness? John 15 verse 4, Jesus says to his disciples, Remain in me as I also remain in you. For no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Jesus is saying in order to produce this fruit, which is the faithfulness, this is the consistency. In order to produce this, you need to remain in me. In order to produce this, you need to stay in me. Like a, like a branch, it doesn't produce fruit. If you were to cut it off and take it away from the, the main root, the main vine, it would not produce fruit. But if you, it stays at the vine, the vine will help it produce fruit. And likewise in our lives, we cannot produce this fruit of faithfulness, of consistency, if we are not remaining in Jesus it is the consistency of the branch staying on the vine that leads to the vine producing the fruit of the branch. Maybe your frustration comes in our lives when we are not remaining in Jesus, when maybe we've been distant from Jesus for quite a while, but yet we, we still want to see the fruit produced. We still want to see the faithfulness. We want to live the faithful lives, but God's saying, you need to stay with me. You need to remain in me. Enoch remained in God for 300 years and the fruit is produced in his life because he walked faithfully with God and in Noah's because he walked faithfully with God. And Paul knew this too. Philippians 1 verse 6, and I'm going to come to a close. Philippians 1 verse 6, Paul says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask the guys to come and join me on the stage. God has begun a good work in some of you. God has begun a good work in some of you who have made a decision to follow Jesus. He has begun a good work. And if you want to see that good work completed, if you want to see that good work carried out, then what do we do? We just need to remain in him. Because God who began a good work in you will continue it until it is completed on the day when Christ Jesus returns. If you want your life to be fruitful, if you want your life to be consistent, to live a life like Enoch's who walked faithfully with God, then know what we just need to do? We need to remain in him. We need to stay with him. We need to never give up. We need to keep taking steps. Do you know what? A successful life as a follower of Jesus is one who never gives up, who continues to walk, who continues to take a step, who never gives up. Some of you in here tonight need to realize, not give up, don't give up, keep going. Keep going. Some of you need to realize tonight you've been going through a real difficult season in your life and God is here to say, don't give up. Keep going. If you don't give up, you win. If you remain in me, we win. If you stay the path, we win. I wonder how many of those 300 years, thankfully we don't have to live 300 years, but of those 300 years of Enoch's life, I wonder how many of them he felt like giving up. I don't think the 300 years of his life were a breeze. I'm sure they were tough. I'm sure having kids were tough. I'm sure having grandkids was difficult. He didn't give up and God blessed him for that. You see, what I love about the story of Enoch and Elijah is that God took Elijah and so we understand that the miraculous is important, yeah? We understand that it's important to strive after a miraculous life. And the thing is, we look at Elijah and we strive for that life. 
But I love that God says, yeah, that, that miraculous life is important. But I love that He took Enoch as well because He's saying, do you know what's just as important as the miraculous life? The mundane life, the walking faithfully, the, the family life, that is so important. What you do and what you, how you speak to your kids, how do you speak to those around you, how do you speak to people in the workplace in your day-to-day, that's important. The miraculous and the mundane. I'm gonna ask you to stand. And that's the challenge I wanna give you this week. Remain in God, remain in God. Some of you here tonight who have been followers of Jesus and have maybe just had a bit of a struggle need to realize, remain in God. Some of you have come out here tonight who have maybe stepped away from Jesus, who are maybe wandering and you've thought about this Jesus thing. If you want your life to be successful, remain in Him. Take a step to follow Him. Consistency leads to success. Let me pray that over you. Father God, I pray for every single person in here, God. God, I thank you for their lives, God. But God, I pray that you remind him of this challenge tonight, God, to remain in you, to not give up because you have begun a good work in them and you continue it as long as they remain in you, Father God. God, I pray that this Enoch lifestyle will challenge us, God. This Enoch lifestyle will challenge us, Father God, to this week to get moving, to start walking towards you, to start following you, God, and to not give up on things that may seem mundane, Father God, that we will not strive after the miraculous and expense of the mundane. Father God, challenge us to remain in you and get to see the fruit produced in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.